Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about uh, a couple of different things. Um, I was just looking through the transfer portal stuff, and um, Christian Gonzalez is one of the best players in the transfer portal, according to all the people who rank those sorts of things. Uh, So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, And then in more positive news, Jalen Tyson visited Colorado on, is that Monday? Tuesday? I don't have those notes pulled up yet because we aren't there yet. But uh, he's a really good basketball player. He was at Texas, now is transferring, and his brother is joining the Colorado football team. So we'll we'll jump into some of that and uh, talk about what that team could look like going forward and what that could possibly mean uh so jumping in first though with uh just just you know I was running through uh, I saw a couple of articles one is from a Texas blog um and they went through and ranked the players in the transfer portal they had Christian Gonzalez as the number nine player currently available in the portal um and so then I figured I'd go over to the 24-7 sports transfer portal rankings and all the players who have not committed yet they have Christian Gonzalez number eight um he's a 0.9 rated transfer 0.9 even um four star which I what was he as a recruit I'm actually curious if that's up or down so he was 0.8958 before so he's improved just a, a smidge from that ranking but as of now number eight in the transfer portal um notably uh, Brendan Rice is not listed in the top 25 transfers available. 
he also is not listed in the top nine receivers available. Uh, so, again, that's not probably the the biggest surprise, just considering he hasn't put up big numbers to this point in his career. Um, but he is not up there the same way that uh, Christian Gonzalez is. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about it being very difficult for Colorado to come out of this whole transfer portal cycle ahead. Um, not necessarily because of the number of players they lost, but just because of who they lost. Um, and, and now just seeing the the rankings from an outsider, it uh, it gives us a little bit more context. You know, I guess we don't see exactly where Brendan Rice fits into the picture or Mark Perry either, but having this rating for Christian means that you can kind of see how that gets neutralized. You know, for example, there's a receiver from Wyoming who was a two-star out of high school playing in Texas, goes up to Wyoming, puts up big numbers, and now he uh, he's transferring out as a four-star, rated the same as Christian Gonzalez, but they have him at number six. I don't know if they have a tiebreaker, if that's just the order um, that, that randomly put them in. But... The point is, you know, you bring in or that receiver, Isaiah Nair, and you have to think that Colorado would have a good shot of landing him considering it's close to the same region, um, all, all those sorts of things. Well, then all of a sudden that cancels out Christian Gonzalez. Um, then you go down and find somebody else who could cancel out Brendan, and I wonder if he'll get updated into here somehow. Maybe not, but... But you have to think he's probably, what, like a 0.85 transfer at this point? And you can run through what's out there. And, you know, if, if that is the rating that, that he gets, there's a bunch of players who are rated similarly to that. Um, I got, the, the, the point here is that while, yes, it is really awful to see two good players, I mean, your two most talented players, you can make the argument your two best players leave the program. At the same time, though, until until the cycle's over, you can't necessarily say that they lost. Now, the odds are obviously stacked against them. Um, for them to pull in one of the top, what, he's eighth, so top seven transfers on the market, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a real challenge. But they've got the scholarships open. You know that they're in there hunting for players. Some of these guys, you know, one from the Incarnate Ward, Ward, um, one from the Raging Cajuns, one from Wyoming, Tulsa is in there. There's there's players who, if Colorado offered, it would be a pretty clear upgrade from where they were. And that was, I mean, that's a concern, right? That's that's what makes it tough for them to go after. You know, Caleb Williams, uh, the the quarterback at Oklahoma who's transferring out. Um, he's one of the three or four, or he will be probably one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the country next year. At least that's what's expected of him. And because of that, there's going to be a lot of teams in on him. And that is not a situation where the Buffs are going to win out. Um, maybe just as simple as that. Um, when you look down at some of these other guys, you know, for example, I mean, there's a receiver who plays 90 minutes away 
at Wyoming who's in the portal. And that's not necessarily a big need for the Buffs, but it would easily cancel out the loss of Brendan Rice. Um, and you could, I mean, the numbers, the 24-7 at least says that it would cancel out Christian Gonzalez and even though they don't play the same position. So, I don't know. We're kind of still just waiting, right? I mean, we got a couple more days probably before we hear who the receivers coach is. Um, and then the staff will basically be finalized. We also, I mean, we're, we got to expect that there's going to be some transfers coming into the portal or, or coming to Colorado in the very near future. They've got, I mean, oh, I, I haven't done the math. I, I think 10. I think they've got 10 open scholarships, right around that number at least, maybe just under. Um, and again, you're going to see two rounds of these guys come in. One right now before the spring semester and one that is over, I mean, after spring ball and then kind of through the summer. Now, the classes start on Monday. And so you're you're really, you've really got your back up against the wall uh, in terms of adding players, and that's why it's got to be coming here soon. Um, I tried to figure out from the CU website how long you can wait to add classes. It seems like at Montana, where I went to school, it was 10 days. You had 10 days to add classes uh, from the start of that semester, but this is very confusing. So we're not we're not gonna worry too much about it. Um, the point is, there's there's a window past Monday for kids to enroll, but it doesn't extend too much past, and that's why we're kind of just waiting. In terms of how these transfers play out, I would have expected about half to come for spring semester, and about half to come over the summer. And the players that you really expect to contribute probably come for the spring semester. You know, they need the reps. These are the guys who have one year of eligibility left, maybe two years of eligibility left. You're instant contributors. Now, some of the younger players, guys who are transferring after their freshman year, whatever, that's who you expect more of probably over the summer. Um, although that's not like a hard and fast rule or anything like that, but that is kind of, you know, if I was a coach, what I'd be looking for. And I do think that you're probably looking for five or six guys who can contribute this year. I mean, there's, you probably want a linebacker who can contribute this year. You probably want, you definitely want a safety who can contribute this year. Um, you definitely want at least one lineman and you probably want, and you, if you, you wouldn't be surprised if they pulled three starters out of the transfer portal, um, uh, along that offensive line, there are a lot of spots where there's room for contributors. And so, it just makes sense to go after some older players for now. And then obviously if there's some good young guys, you grab them too. But for the most part, I mean, it's a team that needs some veterans, some guys who are ready to go out there and play, some guys who you're not waiting on to grow and all that stuff. Um, So for those reasons, I mean, the back is kind of starting to get put up against the wall. The fact that the buffs have only pulled one player from the transfer portal, and that's Maddox cop. Uh, the, the quarterback the, who just he redshirted his first year in college last year at Houston. It's surprising. I did think that they'd have more by now. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens and what plays out over these next couple of days. Um, 
But I don't know. It was fun just to see that Christian Gonzalez does have a ranking in there because it shows what the Buffs need to do to to make up for that loss. And again, I mean, what do you have to make up for? You need to make up for Christian Gonzalez. You need to make up for Brendan Rice. And you have to make up for Mark Perry. I think there's probably a 10% chance that they do that in this portal session. Um, but outside of that, it's basically only good attrition. You know, I was excited about Chris Carpenter, the receiver, and what he could do going forward. But, I mean, the fact is, I mean, he transferred because he wasn't on the field last year, and he probably wasn't going to get on the field this year. So you only really lose those three guys. Now can you go get a few guys? And honestly, what's going to happen, and I, I know right now, and I'm trying to, to make sure I don't do it, but because you're only losing three guys, when you go to the portal and add 10 guys, and one of them is on the level of Brendan or Christian, and then the others are, are close, more Mark Perry level, um, you're going to be bringing in these 10 guys, six or seven of them, you're going to be like, oh, well, I mean, at least these six or seven, they look like good players. They'll, You may not have the top-end talent that you lost, but you'll be able to fill it in with just more players who you expect to be able to contribute, even though odds are most of those guys probably won't contribute. Um, that's just kind of the way these things seem to go. And you're probably, you know, you lose Tyus Martin, somebody who, I mean, he had four tackles last year. He rotated in a little bit on the defensive line. Um, no, not Tyus Martin. Sorry, Jaden Simon. And you lose him and bring in whoever from the portal, you're going to feel better about whoever from the portal just because there's the chance that he plays more. But you have to learn your lesson from last year and remember that just because somebody has a good resume or it seems like they're going to be your best player at the position or whatever, that isn't necessarily how it always plays out. You know, they, they the Buffs missed a lot in the portal last year. And maybe they knew that. Maybe they realized that they weren't getting the guys who were at the top of their list, but they didn't get much in terms of contributions from a portal class that we expected to be a significant part of Colorado's identity last season. Um, 20% of the identity, 30%, something like that, when you bring in Max Ray and Robert Barnes. Obviously, JT Shroud is kind of the big missing piece just because he was hurt. Um, but they need to do better in the portal, first of all, this year. Um, but they also just need to get some some top-end talent, some proven players, and that's tough to do. It's tough to do. Because if you're a proven player at the Power 5 level, that means you're probably going to have plenty of opportunity at whatever school you're at. Do you really want to transfer and go to Colorado, a program that's really struggled? Seems like more often than not, the answer is going to be no. It'd be kind of the solution if you're being blindsided by the fact that there isn't much interest for you, which is the case for a lot of these guys. But more likely, Colorado's pulling from the group of five level and maybe even some from the FCS. You know, you, you'll see some places, say Jared Verse, that defensive end that Colorado was in on early, they'll say that he is a top two or three player in the transfer portal right now. And I can't remember which... It was it was some East Coast FCS school. I can't remember which one. Um, but... We're at the point where we just wait and see, and every day that ticks by, 
the the results seem like they're getting a little bit worse. Results seem like they're getting a little bit worse, and the odds of the Buffs bringing in these impact players for this season become slimmer. Um, you, know, you can always use those scholarships on freshmen or whatever else, but they they need some talent. They really need some talent if they're going to win four, five, six games next year. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. Also, I'm going to uh, the tailgate tomorrow, and I'm really excited because two of my favorite things are going to be there. Breckenridge beers and sexy pizza. Um, Breckenridge is incredible. They help out with so many of the things that we do. They sponsor almost all of our podcasts. They sponsor the buffs. They sponsor the Nuggets and Avs and Broncos and and all these teams because they're a big part of the local sports community. Um, Plus, right now... They are giving away 1% of all of the money that they make, all of their profits, uh, to the National Parks Conservation Association. Uh, they're, they're doing it because of the, the fires in Colorado, um, and you know they, they just want to help. They did it last summer, and now they, uh, again, they're, it's back, so they're doing it again. It definitely sucks that all that happened but they're doing their best to help out and um one more reason to support them one more reason to support them so whether you're getting like a pint at a bar whether you're getting a six pack at the grocery store one percent goes to the national parks conservation association you love to see it and also sexy pizza you know sexy pizza i actually haven't had it in a couple of weeks just because i haven't been in these broncos tailgates but I'm excited to go there tomorrow. I'm going to go hungry because I'm just going to stuff myself with that pizza. It's going to be disgusting. I'm so excited. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just really good pizza. They have all sorts of different sizes, all sorts of different sides. It's a local business. It's been in Denver for 13 years. They've got four locations around Denver. Um, a, a fifth one is going to be opening up in Trinidad here pretty soon. And starting tomorrow, Saturday, through Wednesday, you can get 20% off your online orders if you use the code SEXYDNVR. It's S-E-X-Y-D-N-V-R. You get 20% off at www.sexy.pizza. And uh, it's a great deal. Again, that's Saturday through Wednesday. So make sure you get in on that. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got some awesome promotions going. Uh, first of all, if you are a new customer, you can bet $5 on any football team to win their game this weekend. Uh, it can be the Broncos, it can be the Alabama, college or pro. Just take your pick and you'll get $200 in free bets if you're right. Uh, it's a great deal. Make sure you st- end the season with this big win. I suggest you do it on Saturday because then you have the $200 in free bets for Sunday and then Monday, but that's just me. Um, and if you're not a new customer, obviously they have the same awesome promotions and boosts and all that stuff that they always do. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro. You can win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, DraftKings pick of the week. Here's a good one. We're going to go with the 
under 25 and a half in the first half of the national championship game. Again, that's under 25 and a half. So like if it's 15 to 10, that hits. If it's 14 to 10, which is a lot more likely then obviously that hits too. I really think that both these teams are going to be starting a little bit slow going up against these defenses. Then the second half is when everything's going to break out. That's the DraftKings pick of the week. Hope you get in on that and make yourself some money. Okay. Um, before yeah, here, some basketball stuff to talk about. So, um, the big news, outside of like the game that happened yesterday and all that side sort of stuff, is that Jalen Tyson took a visit to Colorado earlier this week. He was in town last night for the game. He went home uh, this morning, and he is. I mean, he's he's he was a big name recruit last year. He was number 36 in the country, um, which is obviously really impressive. He's a six foot six small forward. He can play some guard too. Uh, he was a point nine six eight prospect, which is obviously just an incredible rating for a prospect. Um, he's a really good basketball player, but he committed to Texas. He's from Texas and didn't play all that much and decided after playing eight games at Texas that he wanted to enter the transfer portal. Um, first off, I will say that's a red flag. It's definitely not what you want to see is that after eight games and was that seven minutes a game, he decided that he was ready to try something else. Um, it's a red flag. It's absolutely a red flag. But, again, you don't very often see just a great prospect in the portal. You know, there's always going to be baggage. And sometimes that baggage is that they their coach left or something, which is kind of the ideal situation. Sometimes it's more significant. You know, I, mean, I don't have to tell you guys, we all lived through the Antonio Alfano experience, and it didn't work out. Now, when you bring in somebody like this, there's obviously the chance that it doesn't work out um, but just the the talent level the ability to score is something that you you have to like um, you know the 24-7 sports breakdown of him basically said like they projected him in the second round um, they said he's a scorer from all three levels can create shots, get to the rim, does basically everything on the offensive side of the ball, um, and is a solid passer too. So, again, the, the defense obviously needs to be put together. Getting all the other stuff to translate to the next level, it hasn't really happened. I mean, like I said, he played eight games, seven minutes a game, put up a little under two points per game. You need more out of him. But again, there's a reason everybody's in the portal. And if you get a chance to bring in a, a talent like this, you absolutely do it. Uh, also, worth noting that his brother, Jordan Tyson, is a part of Colorado's 2022 class. So he signed on that early signing day. Uh, he's a wide receiver and uh, you know three-star, just like the, the rest of that class. Um, but, you know, you, you see that connection and the visit... I think that that's a great sign. Uh, it's not a guarantee. You know, Jalen did also take a visit to Texas Tech. 
Um, he, he actually committed to Texas Tech, but then Chris Beard left for Texas, and so he flipped his commitment and followed the coach. Um, so I almost I almost wonder if that history of Texas Tech makes it less likely it's going to happen uh, for, for Texas Tech. I do think that there are some good vibes here, um, and I kind of want to dig into what that would look like. First of all, it is worth noting, he isn't allowed to play this year. You can't transfer in the middle of the season and just join another team. That's not allowed um, because, because you have to you have to announce your intent to leave by May 1st for football or basketball uh, to be eligible for the first-year transfer exception. So he needed to do this last May, which, you know, he wasn't even playing back then. So he would be a part of the team next year. And so I figured with all this going on, now would be a good time just to take a quick peek ahead at the 2022-23 season and what this roster will look like. So for the most part, you're you're not expecting all that much change. Now, obviously, we only have the two seniors on scholarships. It's Evan Batty. It's Eli Parquet. And so those two scholarships open up. Well, they already have two players who have uh, committed to uh, Colorado. They have Joe Hurlbert. They have R.J. Smith. Um, R.J. Smith was a recent one, I think... Let me let me double check that because that might be wrong. But I feel like he was a very recent signing. It, it doesn't really or commit. I, I it doesn't really matter. The point is Joe Hurlbert is the 120th player nationally. He's a, he's another center. The the twin tower thing with him and Lawson Lovering is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but the point is you open up two scholarships. The two seniors leaving. You fill those two scholarships with Hurlbert and R.J. Smith, a center and a guard. Now. Colorado, because of what happened over the summer with Mason Faulkner, um, still has a scholarship open. So you're allowed to have 13 scholarships in uh, college basketball. Right now, Colorado is only using two because Mason Faulkner, the grad transfer point guard, was supposed to take one. He backed out just before school started and uh, left that scholarship open. So you bring in Jalen Tyson, and all of a sudden... You're, you're, you have a three-man class for next season, and it's honestly a pretty solid three-man class. That does fill all of your scholarships. There would be nobody else that gets added, except if somebody leaves. And Colorado really hasn't seen that many players transfer. And I, honestly, I guess that's not true because Deshaun Schwartz transferred and Jariah Horn transferred and uh, uh, sorry, Dallas Walton transferred. But again... Those were all guys who were supposed to be gone beforehand, and Colorado just couldn't offer them their scholarships. You know, so I don't look at those as guys who just bailed on the program. Those are guys who probably were were pushed out just a little bit. Um, what we do know is that there's a good chance Jabari Walker goes to the draft after the season. And obviously, if that happens, that opens up one scholarship. It's not a guarantee. A lot depends on what happens during conference play. Um, do we get more first-half Jabari Walker or more second-half Jabari Walker? Um, because if we get the second-half Jabari Walker we saw last night, he will be gone, and he'll be a first-round draft pick. If we don't, then there's a good chance that he's going to be back next season. Um, and I, he really is the only player you 
think about draft wise. Um, there was a chance, you know, again, Tristan De Silva has all the intangibles and all that stuff, but he would have needed to have a really good season to justify leaving. And the odds of that were, they were less than 5%. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're going to potentially open up one more scholarship there. And then you have the transfers. And I think that when you look at the transfer situation, let's let's build this rotation first. So, again, you lose your two starters. And what does that look like? It means that you probably have Lawson Lovering slide into the starting lineup. So he's at the five. You have Jabari at the four. You have Tristan at the three. Um, you still have Keyshawn at point guard, and then you probably have KJ Simpson, or maybe, I mean, Julian Hammond looked, la- looked great last night. Might be an overreaction, but he might be in that starting lineup too. Um, so let's just continue thinking if Jabari's still there. That means that you have Quincy Allen on the bench. You have one of those other two guards on the bench. You have Hurlbert on the bench. Um, you have Neek on the bench. You have uh, Luke O'Brien on the bench. You've uh, you've got Joe Hurlbert on the. It, you start to have a really really packed bench, and that's before we even mention Jalen Tyson. And so, you probably would see somebody transfer, right? Um, assuming Jabari's still around. I think that the favorite to transfer, it might be Quincy Allen or one of those guards. That's where I look, especially if Jalen Tyson does come to CU and he's supposed to play a very similar role to what Quincy was supposed to play. Quincy's not playing this season because of the hip injury. I wonder, so technically there's some weird stuff that happened with the the, the class years, Um, but you know, if Jalen Tyson was the number 36 player in the country, uh, Quincy Allen was number 90. So there's a gap there, but it's not huge. I don't know who the better player is, but the fact that Quincy has to sit out this season isn't going to help him. Um, I guess Jalen Tyson only played eight games, so how much does that really help him? Uh, I I do think that you probably see some transfer, maybe even multiple transfers, just because there's so many players who would be a part of that rotation. I mean, just go position by position. At center, Lawson Lovering, You've got Joe Hurlbert. Hurlbert might also be able to play the four a little bit. Who knows? But he's a center. At the four, you have Jabari Walker. You have Tristan Da Silva. At the three, you have Jalen Tyson, assuming that happens. Again, don't want to make it sound like it's already happened. And you've got Quincy Allen. At the two, you've got... Again, it's it's weird how you break these guys down. I'm putting Neek Clifford there. I'm putting uh, RJ, I forgot his last name, the, the commit for next year there. Um, and uh, so, that, so that's two. And then we throw Luke O'Brien there. So there's three. Uh, from there, you look at the point guard, and you've got Keyshawn Bartholomew, KJ Simpson, Julian Hammond, and then Javon Ruffin is back from injury too. So... You've got four point guards. Three of them are a part of the rotation right now. And one of them is likely redshirting this season, but he'll be back next year and will expect to be a part of this rotation. At the two, you've got two guys who are part of the rotation right now. And you've got uh, an incoming freshman who, I mean, he's 
He's going to have to ride the bench. There's just too many guys on this team. Uh, at the three, you've got two players. Uh, one is currently starting, or, or sorry, both of them, I guess, will be coming back, but expect big roles. Um, at the four, you've got two guys who are a part of the rotation, two starters, really. And then at the five, you've got somebody who will be a starter next year and another. So, again, you're just so stacked that you probably lose one of these guards to the portal. I mean, Javon Ruffin has to be probably the, the most likely. You wonder, you wonder though. It depends on how things play out. Um, I did just think back, though, to when Javon told me, uh, like, he grew up, his dad is an NBA coach. He's currently with the Suns. His dad played, like, six different teams in nine years or something in the NBA. And so they were constantly moving. And he said to me, like, honestly, at this point, it's kind of weird to stay in the same place for more than just, like, a few months or a year. And he wasn't saying, like, he said he loves Boulder and he's going to stick around and all that. But when we're having this conversation that that the tone kind of gets changed a little bit uh, when, when you hear something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with Keyshawn starting, with Julian Hammond, KJ Simpson, and it's Keyshawn number one, KJ number two, Hammond number three. But KJ missed a lot of that game last night. And Hammond looked really, really good. He looked really good. Um, so if he winds up being the number two, you could see KJ leaving. If those two surpass Keyshawn, you could see Keyshawn leave. So I do think that the portal probably does come into play next year. Um, yeah, we'll just see how this all shakes out. But there's so many young, talented players. And honestly, I mean, that's kind of should be the plan. When, when Colorado's at the point that it was at last year, right? Like, you're losing basically all your production. Um, so many, I mean, four guys, I guess three out of the starting lineup. Only two out of the starting lineup, but but your best bench players as well. So, when you do have to have this reset and kind of go back to being a really young team, I think that you do probably say, well, 10 to 12 guys are freshmen or sophomores, so let's have those guys keep progressing through the system. And those 10, if you lose three, then all of a sudden those seven kind of become your identity. And you wind up with whoever you recruit in this class. Plus you've got three more scholarships to play with. And then of those seven, maybe they take a step forward, a couple transfer. You have those, those younger five who come in and they take a step forward and a couple of them transfer. And then all of a sudden you have the scholarships to fill in from the back. And you've kind of restarted this cycle um, because I'm just having seven players who are within two classes. It's, or sorry, 10 players within two classes. It, it, it just creates problems because you need to find playing time for all those guys and also, when it comes time for them to leave, you have to reset this whole cycle over again. So I think you do expect when you bring in a class like this year's and combine it with last year's, you do expect some attrition. And I, I was going to say you almost want some guys to the, go to the draft, but that's not true. Like, you don't want to be losing guys to the draft ever. Like, you want to you wanna convince Jabari that it's in his best interest to stick around for another couple of years and use all of your eligibility. So it's your, the attrition comes at the back end instead of the top end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought about these things this way before, but I do think that that is what you expect to play out. And, and 
the guys who carve out roles are going to be the guys who, in theory at least, stick around. And you know, does does Tristan De Silva say, ah, you know, next year, I really just want to be able to play the four. I think that I should be playing the four. It, it's it's possible, and I would agree that he probably should be playing the four. I think it would fit him a lot better than playing the three. His feet are just a little bit too heavy still to guard some of the guys that he has to guard. But you also look at it and say, well, if Jabari's playing the four and Lawson's playing the five, so there's really no flexibility that way, does Tristan just come off the bench and, and shoot for sixth man of the year? I think it could make some sense if you're bringing in somebody like um, uh, uh, Jalen Tyson because... Obviously, he starts at the three, probably, with Keyshawn at the two, and then one of those other point guards at the one. Or maybe you throw Neek in the starting lineup, but that would kind of surprise me. He just makes so much sense on the bench. Uh, that, that Basketball-wise, it would make a lot of sense to have Tristan Da Silva and Neek come in um, with KJ to, to kind of provide some scoring punch off the bench. Joe Hurlbert is honestly maybe more of a stretch four than he is just a true center. So, I... Uh, I think I think that it would make sense for Tristan to go to the bench, but you could also see him say, hey, I, I started here. I want to be a starter. I, I'd rather just find an opportunity where I can do that. Again, for almost everybody on the roster, you could find the path to them deciding that transferring is the right decision. You know, the only guys it doesn't really make sense for is like Jabari because Jabari is just going to be a star here. He's worked into the system like, his, his role is to be your, your number one guy, and that's a good role to have. Um, but with the point guard position being kind of in flux, with the shooting guard position, it's, I mean, that's with, I guess, Luke O'Brien and Neek, I, they are here for the long haul. Um, I'd be surprised if either one of them go. Those are kind of the other guys with Jabari, just because I think they fit their role so well. Um, but then from there, I mean, Quincy. Uh, maybe not Lawson probably not Lawson but there's uh it's an interesting conversation and not really one that we need to be having at this point honestly except for the fact that Jalen Tyson is on the way um potentially and we'll we'll see what turns out there because it'd be really cool for Colorado to pick up another really talented player especially I mean you just look at what's missing from this team right now and it's polished scoring and that's supposed to be him and honestly it's supposed to be Quincy too like he's supposed to be one of those more dominant sorts of offensive guys. I mean, he's a he's a score first wing. That's that would be incredibly valuable for Colorado right now. And I think they're trying to force Tristan De Silva into that role a little bit too much, where he's probably better in the paint using the footwork. I mean, he's more of a stretch four to me um, because he's he's in the paint trying to get buckets uh, in the post letting him cook down there maybe just a little bit more than we see right now would be in his best interest, but then also stretching out to the corners and knocking down some threes. When you force him into the Quincy Allen role, kind of have him put the ball on the ground a little bit more, it just just doesn't fit him right. It just doesn't fit him the way you want to. So there we go. I think that's going to do it for today. Hopefully the Buffs pull in Jalen Tyson. Hopefully they pull in some football guys here soon too. Um, We'll see what happens, and we'll be right here to talk all about it if it does.